Welcome, Wildcat fans, to Weber State Weekly, a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I am your host, a man whose holiday legacy, January 7th, would be a resolute Weber State flag in the yard, Colby Peterson. On the pod today, we have a man whose holiday legacy, the third Friday in March, would be to give the people what they want, the day to bask in college basketball glory, Sean Lewis. A full day of basketball, 10 a.m. till the games are done. Food, fun, hoops, no better day on, on in the calendar year. Next, uh, a man whose holiday legacy, May 6th, would be tacos and tequila, AC. May 6th, the end of a glorious run for my trivia team. Ten weeks in a row, we won. Tacos and tequila for everybody. That is quite a streak. And finally, a man whose holiday legacy, July 31st, would be a celebration of his 10 consecutive Brigham City Pickleball Championships, Dan World. Martinez. World championships. Let's get it straight. World championships. A, B, it, it deserves a holiday. I just really want my birthday off. But, I mean, when can we say that we've had a world champion in Utah, right? He thinks Brigham right. City is the world, so I don't know what to do with that. Oh, God. All right. On today's show, uh, we've got a men's basketball recap. We're going to talk about the split in Missoula this weekend against the Montana Grizz. And then we're going to follow that up with a coach's interview we have with us on the show tonight. Head volleyball coach Jeremiah Larson is going to be talking to us a little bit about the success that they've had thus far this season, including the sweep of Southern Utah this last weekend in the Swenson Gym. And looking forward to next weekend where the Wildcats will hit the road to take on reigning Big Sky champs, Northern Colorado. Uh, finally, we're going to wrap all this up with one of our favorite segments. We made the trip up to campus today and got Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, so look forward to that. But first, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Helps you to stay up to date on all of the great content that comes into the feed each week. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter is the best place to interact with the Weber State Weekly team, especially on game day. And if you haven't already, please tell your friends, if they are Wildcat fans, or even if they're not Wildcat fans, tell them about Weber State Weekly. We'd love to grow the following and continue to produce this great content for the Wildcat faithful. All right, Wildcat fans, we have a special treat for you this weekend. We have with us on Weber State Weekly tonight, head, best, head volleyball coach Jeremiah Larson is willing to come and chat with us about the streak that the ladies have been on lately, which has been a very, very good one. And uh, talk to us a little bit about what the successes have been like. And then also look forward to this weekend because we got a big one, folks. The ladies make the trip to Greeley to take on the champs, and we get a rematch of the Big Sky Championship. So head coach Jeremiah Larson, welcome to Weber State Weekly. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Yeah, we appreciate you, Coach, like we said. And so I uh, wanted to start off uh, with just that. I uh, talk about the ladies have played really, really well. I mean, we are currently 6-0. and Do I got there at 6-0 and on in conference play? And uh, it's just been phenomenal. They've just really taken care of business at every turn. And so I wanted to ask, uh, what, what's been the biggest factor thus far in the success of this women's squad? Well, I mean, there's a bun been a couple things. I mean, one... I mean, not too many people are talking about Michaela Sorensen or Libero, to be honest. She is being, she's doing a really good job with our first contact with receiving our serve and keeping us in system. Um, Danny and Ryland and Michaela are our three primary passers. And they are, right now, we are one of the better serve-receive teams in our league right now. And that, that just really helps everything that we do with Ashlyn. How she's kind of running our offense. She's being really creative and really smart with, with who she's setting and exploiting what teams are trying to do against us. But at the end of the day, it's been a lot about what Ryland Adams has been able to do and Danny Nang. I mean, Ryland, 
last before this weekend was 22nd in the nation in kills per game, um, which is a really big accomplishment for a little tiny kid like she is. She's super feisty and she's been able to really kind of, I don't know, assert herself as one of the premier outside hitters in our league. And, and Danny's just kind of building onto her game quite a bit from where she left off as being the freshman of the year last year. So her serve receive has been huge. Our serving has been great. We're number five in the country in aces per game right now, um, which is really high. Um, we had 27 aces this weekend against Southern Utah. And, and so add our, our ability to serve and get teams out of system, our ability to receive serve and keep us in system so our offense can be pretty potent just makes life pretty easy for Rylan and Danny on the outside. So coach, I want to talk a little bit about the team being in system, Ashland being in system, right? And that was something we saw a lot with SUU, who was a very aggressive serving team and your team was able to handle things, right? And for the majority of those two matches this last week and the team was in system. And when, when Ashland gets a set and she's in system, it almost seems like an automatic point. And so can you talk a little bit about that, about Ashland's decision-making and her ability to make good sets when she's in system? Yeah, I, she spends a lot. I mean, she's a studier. She's a study of the game. You know, like a lot of people talk about quarterbacks and setters, how they're very similar. And I was reading an article about Tom Brady and how, how he's a student of the game. And he's constantly studying opponents. And this is kind of how Ashlyn rolls. I mean, she comes into my office at least twice a week to kind of talk, talk and watch film with the opponent we're about ready to play. And and she just really, she's a really cerebral setter. She thinks a lot. She, I mean, before every set, you can see her look across the net and kind of find where we want to kind of attack. And then, and then she does a really good job. We added some extra wrinkles into our offense this year. We have a back row attack that's coming here and there with Rylan and Danny. And she's just been able to kind of, through our whole quarantine, she was watching USA men's volleyball. And that was really impressive. So, um, so she's just been really studying the game, trying to understand the nuances of what we're trying to do. And, um, and so therefore she's able to set Sam when she needs to be set and set Caroline when she needs to be set and be able to um, exploit their blocks so that Ryan and Danny can have opportunities to attack and challenge what they're doing against us defensively. Another thing I had, I don't even know if I can make a question out of it, more of an observation. It feels like this team is going out of the back row a lot more than last season. I felt like we saw it a little bit last season with Megan, but this season I've been watching, it seems like you're going out of the back row quite a bit. Yeah, there's a little wrinkle there that we're trying to trying to exploit a little bit better. Um, we found that last year when teams started doing certain things against us, so we're trying to add that wrinkle in there to exploit the way they tried to defend us last year. And hopefully – I mean, that was the thing we were working on towards and so that we could be prepared for the Northern Colorados and the Northern Arizonas and the Montana States and the Sacramento States better. And um, hopefully we'll see if that hard work paid off in this next four weeks when we play some of the best teams in our league. So, Hey coach, I, I wanted to ask and kind of that same, uh, we'll kind of stay with um, those same players that we, you had just mentioned, Ashland. Uh, AC mentioned something during the last instant reaction show where uh, he had he had observed you kind of at, uh, during these timeouts you kind of pull the team in and you 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 have a conversation kind of maybe like a side conversation like one would uh, see in like basketball talking to the point guards or uh, you know in football talking to the QB 
you're having this conversation with her. Now she's one of your senior players here. What what kind of mentoring uh, do you see, or do you does she have, or do you have with her? And then how does she kind of uh, disseminate that to the rest of the team? Right, like she's she's going to be leaving this year. Um, what kind of mentor is she to the rest of her teammates? The kid's a wonderful mentor and a wonderful leader. I mean, I haven't met never. I haven't, I've met very few volleyball players with the leadership ability that she has. From the moment she stepped on ca campus as a freshman, she had a calming influence and a leadership um, where people just wanted to follow her. And it's very impressive with what she's been able to do. Um, she, yeah, so Matt and I kind of, Matt Keltman and I kind of hang out and take care of the offense. So he's the primary offensive coordinator as we could put it in quotation marks for our volleyball team and so he he said something really complimentary to Ashlyn when he first got here from Cal Poly he said I don't I rarely have to tell her information she doesn't already know and so a lot of times he'll she'll come off the bench and he's saying they're kind of doing this in this rotation doing this against this kid and she's already kind of has that in her in her head already she she'll come off and say hey they're really kind of dialed in on Sam right now. So this is what I'm going to do. And he goes, yeah. And so, so she has a really good foundation and it's because of how much time she's put in the film room and hanging out with me. I was a setter at BYU. So we're kind of connected in that way, shape or form. And so, um, but I think her greatest strength is her ability to connect with her teammates. She's her and Kate Stanford are incredibly tight and Kate's her backup right now. And she, you got to see her play a little bit this weekend against Southern Utah. We got to pull Ashwin out and let Kate run the show. And she's been a wonderful teammate and a wonderful supporter of Kate. I mean, she was her biggest fan when Kate was rolling in, in Southern Utah, and you could see that. So great leader, great individual, great culture builder, and a great student of the game. And those kind of things kind of make her stand out above, I think, most of the players in our league. Maybe some now coaching we, yeah. for her down the line. You know, she wants to do sports <laughs> psychology, so I told her she can be my sports psychologist until the day we die kind of stuff. You know? <laughs> but the way my heart rate's been going, maybe 45 is about when I'm about ready to kick a bucket, so who knows? <laughs> well, 45 uh, is not old. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Coach, you know, you talked a little bit about Kate, and because she was able to get the, that playing time against Southern Utah, you know, the we were able to cut up a, a hype video that the athletics department put out. And so there are a few Kate Stanford gifts already out there in the ether. So we're ready for when she finally takes the helm. Kate Stanford gifts are at the ready. Well, that kid's pretty special. She was an All-American in high school. So she, I think she's going to just kind of take the reins. She does. She works just as hard as Ash right now. So, uh, my, I want to talk about uh, the standings and kind of this collision course that you're on with Northern Colorado. Uh, Northern Colorado started out the Big Sky season with a 0-3 loss to Montana State, which is in the top half of the table. But they've ran out five straight uh, wins. Uh, you've, you're obviously undefeated in conference at 6-0. and um, Has your mentality changed this season um, now that you're at the top of the standings being the hunted rather than the hunter uh, and trying to knock somebody off? in that yeah no it hasn't um we kind of this is actually a lot from our our leadership group Ryan, ashlyn and sam i mean we, we we don't consider ourselves hunters or hunted we're not getting hunted at all actually we consider ourselves the hunters all the time um someone brought up once the lions never get hunted they're always the hunters 
and that's why they're the greatest animals in the jungle kind of stuff you know they're the kings of the jungles because they're constantly hunting and so that's the way we're looking at it right now is is we're not getting hunted and we don't feel that pressure of being hunted because we're hunt we're right now doing the hunting we're working hard every single day to be in the gym to get better and as long as we continue to focus on what we're doing whatever whatever comes about our way we'll we'll take care of that and accept the responsibility and the outcome that comes from it and so so yeah, there's not a lot of pressure right now considering being hunted because we're in our minds we're still doing the hunting. So I, I love that attitude. That that's fantastic. And then just just one more um, for fans uh, watching this weekend. Obviously, it's a number one versus number two matchup. Uh, what uh, what should we pay attention to uh, from Northern Colorado? What, what's their strength and, and, and what is it, what is it going to take for you guys to beat them? And then just as a quick follow up to that, uh, what, what defines success this weekend? Would, will you guys be happy with the split? Will you be disappointed with the split? Um, if, if you come away with, obviously we want you to sweep, but, uh, we always talk, we, we talk a lot of basketball on the show and, and, and we mentioned a lot, Randy Ray always says, you got to win your games at home split on the road, right? Same type of mentality, uh, in volleyball? Yeah, I mean, we'd love a split. I mean, we'll take a split. We'll take a sweep. Um, the, at the end of the day, we're playing one of the better teams in our league, and we haven't played anybody in the top half of our league, to be perfectly honest yet. I think Eastern Washington's a nice volleyball team. I think all the teams we've played are good volleyball teams, but there's a difference between, I think, the top four teams in our league and everybody else. And so we're excited about the challenge. Um, Northern Colorado is really good. Um, they're very impressive with their ability to transition digs. That's the thing I think that sets them apart from everybody in the league. Um, when they get a hold of a dig, it usually comes back at you in a hurry and also with a lot of power behind it. So they got two really good left sides and in Muff and um, number 16. I can't remember the name, her name off the top of my head all of a sudden, but um, I, know, I deal more with numbers than, than names sometimes, but they have two left sides that are fantastic. Um, they have a really good setter in Daisy Schultz. I think she's really impressive. Um, the way she kind of spreads the ball around and moves it is, is very impressive. So, so they're, they're good. They're really good. They're, if we can get them out of system and serve them tough, like we did, like we did Southern Utah this weekend, then we have a shot because I think our defense and our blocking is, is, is as good as theirs is. Um, and if we have a chance to be able to be in system and receive serve, it's just two offenses that are just kind of going against each other. So um, that's going to be the, the test is it, can we, can we hit it like we did yesterday from the cert or this weekend from the service line? And if we can get them out of system, I think we got a shot. Um, success for us is about, are we going to compete at the end of the day? I mean, if we lose close matches then so be it, we lose close matches, we're going to get better and we're going to learn from that because we don't want to be the best team right now. We want to be the best team in April. And that's really what we're trying to achieve because being the best team right now is nice, but unless you win that last match in April, you're really not going to go anywhere else. So I uh, hope that answers your question. It, it does. And, and I, I, you know, I was coming up with it, this pressure of being undefeated, you know, um, and, and being in first place. So no, you did great. Thank you. For us, there's no pressure. We know Northern Colorado is the top dog, and we got to go try to knock them off their throne. So. They're the champs until somebody beats them, right? That's right. That's right. 
Um, Coach Larson, I wanted to ask you uh, also about um, a, a player that we really haven't, you know, when we did our preview show back in November, uh, we really didn't talk very much about her. But as we've done our instant reaction shows and we've watched the team progress through this season thus far, Ryland House has really had a huge impact for this team. And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about that and, and kind of understand, like, what is it about her this season that has just been so explosive that has allowed her to kind of really excel in, in, the, the, in the play and the teams that you've seen thus far? Ryland has an incredible work ethic. Um, I think there's three things that kind of – kind of come together for her this this year is one um she's incredibly healthy right now she's strong um she's we just vertex vertical tested them about a week ago and she's touching 9 11 and a half which is really high for a kid that's five nine on a good day you know so she's flying um her ball control has gotten way better but i think she's fun because she's got a little bit of a nasty streak in her um, she's super competitive. And I think that's one thing this team has that's very unique is she's she's really kind of nasty. Our team's kind of nasty, and it kind of takes on that personality of Ryland. She's she's a fighter. She's a competitor. Everyone's told her since the day she started playing volleyball she couldn't play at a certain level, and all she does is just prove people wrong. And so that drive has really kind of made her get to where she needs to be, and I think one of the better teams better players in our conference. And you saw that at the end of last year, she was named to the all tournament team, all big sky tournament team. And she's just kind of built on that in this off season. And now, um, yeah, there's times she's absolutely unstoppable. The game against Montana when she had 24 kills in a four game match was, I mean, I'm just like, just set Ryland every ball and it'll be just fine. So she has that ability. Something else I've noticed from Ryland, it's not just the kills per set, right? And she's she was leading the conference in kills per set as of this last weekend, but it's also the serving. And it's not just Ryland serving either. Uh, Caroline Broadhead's been serving well. Danny Nay's been serving well. And so what is it about your team's serving, you think, that's made it so hard for opponents to get in system? Well, first off, we try to hit it pretty hard. I mean, most of those kids are hitting that serve between 35 to 40 miles an hour, which is pretty quick and we got a radar gun we pull out every once in a while the and that's with thing, movement too it's that the movement. and that's the, that's the second part really like when they hit it if you can stand on the back line and just watch it they it doesn't spin much and so because it doesn't spin it's like a knuckleball in baseball so that thing floats and sideways and dips down sometimes it rises up and gets you in the neck i mean it just kind of goes all over the place which is why sometimes we miss a lot of serves because when you hit a knuckleball like that, sometimes you have no idea where it's going at 35, 40 miles an hour. Sometimes it's going to float out of bounds and sometimes it's going to tail. Sometimes it's going to die into the net. And so we're, we're going to take those errors as they come, um, as long as our aces are pretty high. And right now, I, we're, I looked at the numbers today, we're pretty close to two aces to one error, which is really high for us. We want to try to keep it a little around one and a half aces to one error. And so, so that's the kind of thing we're hitting it hard we're hitting it solid so it doesn't spin the more spin you put on it the more straight line it takes um and so those two things and we're hitting the right people at the right time and so those are kayla's done a really good job of trying to make sure we're hitting the right people in the right rotation so those three things are kind of the reasons why i think we're serving at a nice level well like you said coach larson you know fifth in the country right now with aces uh you know we Talked a little bit about Rylan Adams. She had five in that last match on Saturday, five aces alone. 
Uh, just just incredible play thus far. And so uh, we'll be looking forward to the Wildcats hitting the road this weekend, heading off to Greeley, Colorado, as I'm sure warm and sunny as that's going to be. <laughs> the weather's been just awful across the country this week, and I don't know how that's going to turn out. But uh, we'll be watching and, you know, with bated breath on how that series goes. Like I said, we've looked forward to it for a long time, ever since we talked to you back in November. So we wish you the best of luck as you hit the road this weekend to take on the champs. You guys are awesome. We appreciate it. And hopefully we get a couple wins. Yeah, we hope so too. Coach Jeremiah Larson, thanks again for coming to Weber State Weekly. Always my pleasure. Hey, Wildcat fans, if you're a small business owner looking to promote your business on Weber State Weekly, we've got some good news. We're looking for sponsors that care as much about what's going on up on campus as we do. We can plug your business on our show, in our new email newsletter, or even in our live instant reaction shows on social media. For more info, send us an email at weberstateweekly at gmail.com for pricing and more information. All right, fellas, uh, we had a split up in Missoula this weekend against the Montana Grizz. Not exactly what we were hoping for as a team that, like the Wildcats that was surging, you know, handling Montana State fairly handily and then, you know, making the tough trip up to Missoula. Ended up splitting with those guys, losing the game on Thursday night, but then picking up the win on Saturday. So, fellas, uh, we had uh, we had an instant reaction show on this on Sunday, but for those who weren't on that, including producer Dan, talk to us about your thoughts on uh, this weekend and kind of what it means for the Wildcats going forward. Dan, let's start with you. Wow, thanks, Kobe. I appreciate the shout-out there. Uh, or I should say call-out. Look, Kobe, the Wildcats are, are in uh, every game that I've seen them play so far. Which is like, well, like they. Two? They really have oh, – oh, oh, I didn't realize it was going to be this hostile coming on the show. <laughs> Man, hey, be, be nice. It's my first time. Is it the quip at the beginning that got you? Okay, oh, so no, – definitely not. Look, the Wildcats were rolling through their uh, schedule here. They, they won – what was it, like six of the last seven or something coming into this series, right? And I, I, my, my issue with the, the hoops team right now, men's hoops, is – they do this thing where they kind of play to the level that they're the level of competition, right? I, I have yet to see a game where they've just been done. Oh, that's not true. There are a couple of games in there actually that they can think of, but I, I would like to see them be dominant from tip off to uh, the end buzzer, right? I, I just haven't seen that yet. Like it's coming along and, and I'm happy where they are, but they, I mean, we're coming up with the last six games, I think, coming up here soon. We really need to be uh, firing on all cylinders before the conference tournament here in the next couple of weeks. Um, these next two series, right, Northern Arizona, Sacramento State, I, I, I expect them to go 4-0, right? I mean, the way that they've been playing, I expect them to go 4-0. Um, uh, if they don't that, then I'll be, I will be disappointed. I would think that, that kind of going into those last couple of games into the season, we've got to, we've got to look strong and really make a statement. I mean, I, I agree with you uh, after, after what we saw this weekend, I mean, the schedule does soften up going forward. Um, and so as talented as this team is, I agree that the Wildcats should really take care of business against Northern Arizona Lumberjacks and also Sacramento state, uh, there's basically no reason why they shouldn't handle those those teams handily, uh, but we'll just have to see uh, how resilient this team has been because thus far they've done a good job, but we want to see more. Uh, AC, what about you? Um, 
thoughts on this weekend's split with Missoula, with Montana, and kind of what it means for the Wildcats going forward? I, like Weber State's record from this weekend, am torn on on how things went, right? <laughs> Part of me says, I think I really legitimately believe that this is the most talented team in the Big Sky Conference. Weber State, that is. Um, I think that we're the deepest team as well. Uh, Eastern Washington, I think I, I was saying it a little bit. I think that they have just some great coaching team chemistry. And so I think that they're the team to beat, but I think that Weber state is the most talented team in the big sky. And when I look at Montana, I see a program that's in shambles, right? Today, Monday, the day we're recording, uh, they had a player, one of their star players announced that he's hitting the transfer portal. And guess what? That's like their fourth player this year that's hitting the transfer portal and so when I look at Montana I'm like yeah there's history there but Montana they're a 500 team and I know it's a tough road trip but guess what we got the best squad in the big sky the most talented squad in the big sky and so when I look at this I keep saying yeah we should have won but it's Montana yeah we should have won but I mean you're gonna split the road series it's gonna be a little bit tough so I'm just torn on this whole thing man like I see this and I see a game in the first game that we, I mean, I feel bad. I Late think we day. should have won it. I think we should have won it, to be honest. And then we ended up winning in the second game. It was a little bit of a slow start. We ended up coming out and dropping 91 points on them. IB had a great game, right? Dropped 21 points. So the second game, which is the game that I would rather win if we had to choose between the two, the second game, we looked better. And with the schedule coming up, Weber State needs to win the rest of them. Weber State's better than these teams, and we need to go undefeated the rest of the way and and be ready for the Big Sky Tournament. I agree. That first game, uh, really some, a lot of struggles for the Wildcats, you know, shooting only 27, 21% from three in that game, only shot seven, uh, 14 threes in the whole thing, only hit three of them. That's uh, not characteristic of who we are. And then also only hitting 44% from field goal range, and that really is the key factor there as the Wildcats lose by 13 on Thursday. Uh, Sean Lewis, what about you? What's your thoughts on the split in Missoula this weekend? I, I'm going to speak some truth here. AC, can you tell me how many teams have gone undefeated in Big Sky Conference play in the 50-plus years of the Big Sky Conference? Two. Two. Both of them uh, named Weber State. Uh, one in uh, – I I'm, I'm, had it here just a second ago. Oh, three. One in 2003 and 04 – or 2002-03 and one in 68-69. Those are the two teams that have gone undefeated in conference play. How many teams have only lost once in conference play in the 50-plus years of the Big Sky Conference? Nobody knows the answer to that. Give me, give me an over-under. Over-under set at 10.5. It's an under. It's eight. Two teams have gone undefeated in conference. Eight teams have only lost once in conference play in the entire history of the Big Sky Conference. Nobody is dominant in the conference like that. I understand where Dan's coming from. He wants the team to be dominant and win every every game, and we should be beating the bad teams. Montana's not a good team right now. We should not have lost on Thursday. They went otherworldly from three. I'm happy that Randy Ray made the adjustments. Uh, they It was a different team that came out and played on Saturday than, than played on Thursday. Um, and But the idea that, that we're going to just steamroll through the conference, the conference history does not support that. Nobody's asking Every team them. Has nobody's a couple saying of to go undefeated, though. Nobody's nobody's saying for the Wildcats to go undefeated. It's disappointing to 
not have a game where you can say against a, a, a great opponent that you can say we went tip off to end buzzer perfect game right like not perfect game but consistent throughout right it's i mean ac said it earlier here about montana like it, you got off even when you win you get off to this sluggish start and then you kind of have to work your way back into the game we should be if we're if we're at the top of the conference we should have games where we just throttle these 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 guys these other teams i mean we should have our foot on the gas ready to go tip off to end buzzer and and we have i haven't seen that like I, I i'm concerned about the conference tournament it's coming up it's right around the corner where's where are these dominant wins, right? Let's point to some dominant wins. Go ahead, point to some dominant wins. I'd say the first Southern Utah win. That yeah, was that was a win. that was a we demolished them, right? right. And then obviously you yeah. had Idaho. Everybody's beating Idaho, but I mean, it was dom- two dominating wins. Well, I think also that series against Montana State because Montana State coming into that series was the best team in the conference. They were undefeated, and we handed them two losses in Ogden. There were big wins. Were they dominating? There are big wins. I don't think they were dominating, but but I look. You're going to have a an ebb and flow to a season, right? We're we're what are we playing? Twenty conference games. You're you're going to have an ebb and flow. Times when you look dominant, times when you don't. I think this Weber State team is still figuring out who they are and 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 where they're going. This is not a perfect team yet. Most talented team in the Big Sky, yes, but they're not a, a refined team yet. You want to be peaking. We've, I, I preach this all the time. The only games that matter in the Big Sky Conference are three games in Boise in March. Right. Everything else is a wash. Right. You play the regular season so you can put yourself in the best position to win three games in Boise in March. Let's see what position we're in and what our matchups are for those three games. If they lose one in Missoula on the way there, who cares? See, so we agree. You want to be peaking. And now is the time to peak, bro. Now is the time yeah. to peak, Sean. I mean, now is the time. We, we've got Look, a month we got left a, in the season. We need really, to be on that upward swing, yes. We got a really soft schedule, and we should be running on all cylinders. I don't know that it's really soft, but it's fairly soft. Okay, fairly soft. Fair. That, yeah, either way. It's not Wildcat football soft. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? I think, so we've got the big sky power rankings that we do for men's basketball, right? And right. once you hit the fourth team, or even the fifth team, I think everyone's kind of scrambling. They're like, wait, everybody else is not very good, right? right. You've got your top yeah. three, top four teams. There is a steep drop-off. And guess what? The rest of that schedule that Weber State's got, they're in that drop-off zone. Yeah. We, we, don't have some, we don't have very good teams coming up here, and I, I, I think that Weber State really needs to take advantage of it. Have to. I, I think I, I agree with you, AC, and I think where we're at right now is, is the good teams that we have played Weber State has held their own and got the dubs, right? Dub State. We, we've got the dubs with a couple of exceptions. We didn't get to play Eastern Washington. That one's a miss. We're, that's an unknown yeah. for this team, right? Yeah. How do we we should be able to dominate the, the second half, the back half of the schedule, the, 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 the remaining games we have left. I have confidence that we can beat any team on any night. The problem is in the three days in March, we can also be beat on any night. And I think that's where Dan's coming from is we, if we are to be the top shelf team in the big sky conference, 
we should not be able to be beat on any given night by a Portland State. I agree. And, um, you know, I think back to that 20, what was it, 2017 team that lost to North Dakota in the final. Uh, that team was really weird because it didn't really feel like we had a strong, we were going to have a strong conference tourney going into that. I was like, I don't really know. And then you end up taking, you know, the Hawks to overtime in the final. You should have won it. It shouldn't have gone to overtime. The Wildcats should have been the Big Sky champions that year. So We I had think, our chances. Yeah, we definitely had our chances to lock up the Big Sky championship that year. It just it didn't happen. You know, the defense wasn't there down the stretch. But I think it also demonstrates that, like, seeding can be important going into the conference tournament. So yeah. I, I kind of get what you're saying. Like, win, win as many games as you can because – you know, anything can happen in Boise, and any and as we've seen, anybody can beat anybody on a given day in the Big Sky. Seeding is really important when it comes to the conference tournament for two reasons. you got to be in the top five to get the Wednesday bye. You don't want to play on Wednesday. No. Call those what they are. They're play-in games, right? Uh, you, you, want, you want to be rested for the for – you don't want to play on Wednesday. Two, the top team does get protected with better tip-off times. The number one seed is playing at a regular time. You don't want to be playing at noon – on Thursday or that dreaded 10 a.m. game or any of those. You the the top team does get protected in the Big Sky Conference with that, having that the last game of the day and being at a more normal time that you're used to playing all throughout the season. So uh, that's the one way that the the conference protects us. Now, we have a member of our panel who's not on the air tonight that would say that the, we really need to protect our our number one seed by having the conference tournament at the at that school. Well, that's not the conversation we're having right no, now. I, I think but that we Boise need to, is a nice place, right? Boise is a good neutral spot to have it. I love know. the neutral site tournament. I have yet to miss one. Um, I hope I get to go this year. I, I, I really hope that I, whether, whatever nefarious means I have to get into that arena uh, <laughs> for the tournament, I don't want to miss this tournament. And if Commissioner Wistersill is listening, uh, please, I'm begging I just need one, one seat. I'll sit in the upper deck. I don't care. Just I, I'll, I'll be 30 feet away from anybody. I'll wear five masks. Just let me in the building. So uh, we, we want to, but you've got to have the best, the obviously the best seeds are going to have the best draw. Right. Um, and, and you're not going to have a, the, the, the toughest game in, in the big sky conference tournament, I believe is the Thursday semifinal because most on, on, or the Friday semifinal, Friday, yeah. because because the Thursday games you're playing against somebody that played the game before on a back to back. You're rested. They're not. The higher seed should win that Thursday game every time. The toughest game is that Friday semifinal where both teams have played the day before, and you're playing one of the toughest teams in the league. You should see the top four teams on that on that on that day, and and that's the toughest game to win, and and that's where you you see the champions made is is who who can dominate on Friday. That's just my personal opinion in watching. I, I've been to every uh, Big Sky tournament game that's been on a neutral site that's been open to the public. Well, I, I wonder, though, you know, you brought up the fact that, you know, there is some there is some strategy around when you play, but I strategy goes away a bit this year because of the Saturday games where we're playing at noon. Does that make some of that go away now? Because now you're sort of used to playing at noon on a, on a Saturday. Is it as big a deal? I, I think it helps, but that's still that 10 a.m. game. Gosh, that's no, a rough that one. Sucks. Yeah, that game sucks. You don't want that, that, game. that game. But the noon uh, game. And, and, and again, uh, uh, our guy, John Casper at the conference office, um, be, be, a, be a hero for the fans. Let's get some donuts at that 10 a.m. game, right? If I'm showing up that early for, <laughs> oh for hoops, at least make no. it worth my while to have some donuts <laughs> in the arena for us to eat. For the 10 fans that show up. Uh, uh, but uh, no, that, that 10 a.m. game is hard. 
but I think you're right, Colby. I think you're getting some training. You're, you're getting used to these early tips where, you know, you, if you figure you're doing a two hour or a three hour pregame uh, for the players where you're showing up to the arena that noon, you're showing up at 9 a.m. You're getting used to, to getting up earlier for those. Uh, so maybe maybe we'll see something there. Uh, but uh, uh, I Dan has a point. We should be dominating teams. We, Boom. we should be there. It is. We should be dominating. We should That's be peaking going into March. That's his point. <laughs> but. I, I Producer think, Dan, uh, just, with the with the good takes here, with the the symptom being, don't get upset about a loss in in Missoula, on when it's ten degrees or colder outside or negative thirty, however cold it was on Thursday. Missoula, bro, we're we're playing Northern Arizona, Sacramento yeah. State, yeah, but and Northern Colorado. Left. I'm talking, about, talking last about, week. about losing oh, on oh, Thursday. Oh, oh, That's what you, he's talking you. about here. And so I, I you lost me with all this question. conference talk, man. Conference oh, tournament talk. So but that is my next question, though, guys, is what changed from that Thursday game, which was played at seven o'clock to or actually it was at five, wasn't it? Yeah. Chappie missed the tip off at five. Yeah, it was at five. Yeah. It was at five. yeah. So what changed oh, from God, Thursday Jeff, to like Saturday? What, what, what flipped on this team that they were able to really rebound and, you know, play more of their game? Look at look at the course of the season that we've had. We have Weber State has won the Thursday game and struggled in the Saturday game. This yeah. was the the first Thursday game that we've lost, I believe, and so this is the first time that we've had to come back and and we were the team that was looking to make adjustments to make the change, change your defense, change your game plan. Um, I think it was a good coaching job in saying, okay, Montana hit a number of three pointers that they don't normally hit in a game. We've got yeah. to defend that three point line. We got to play better defense and we got to attack in a different way. I, I think it was coaching. I, I think the uh, the difference this weekend to previous uh, splits that we've had is we've dominated on Thursday early and we've come in on Saturday, a little lackadaisical this time we got beat on Thursday. We had some fire cause we didn't get, want to get swept on the weekend. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, pointing that out on the Thursday game, Montana ends up shooting 50% from three, nine of 18 and also shooting 52% from the floor. Whereas Saturday looking forward, they shoot only 43% from three, seven of 16 and 27 to 59, 45% from the floor. So from three, that's still really good though. 43%. And that's, I mean, they outshot Weber State. Weber State shot 41% yeah. on Saturday. And so, I mean, you look at it, I think that Weber State, I mean, Montana still shot the lights out, but Weber State was able to out rebound them. And also, Isaiah Brown got going. And I'm going to be real like, when Isaiah Brown's going, I don't know who stops us. And I'm not talking about just like scores his points. He scored his points efficiently. He was like, what, what was he? Six of eight from the field and two for two from three. And he got to the free throw line like seven or eight times and didn't miss. Like seven when times, Isaiah Brown yeah. is cooking, guess what? We got the best player in the conference, the best player. So are you so, saying when I be, when I be rolls, Weber rolls. And if IB's not getting is struggling, Weber's going to struggle. Is he, is he the catalyst of this team? Absolutely. I, I think would, so. Would you say struggling though? Cause I don't know. Is he, it, in that first game, I don't know that he was struggling. I I was wonder if I wonder. Well, I wonder if he's like he's taking this on as a point guard and saying, "I got it." I'm trying to get everybody else involved, right? I mean, he had what do you have like five something assists in that five first game, in that game, but he yeah, had yeah, you yeah. know how many assists he had in that second game? Zero. Uh, zero. All he did was it, shoot. It worked. I mean, he right. wasn't well, missing. No, and that's what like. That's what I'm wondering. Like, is do do we does IB need to just be like, all right, um, 
I, I got to go Kobe here and take these games and roll with it uh, and bring everybody along instead of trying to play that facilitator role because, uh, you know, is that something that we that we struggle with where we can't have somebody I, – I hesitate to say that because, you know what, SSJ did a really good job taking over that, that point-scoring position too, so – Right, because that's, the, that's the, the point that I was, make, was was that right there, that Seabrook yeah. comes in in the second game, and yes, IB has five assists in the first game. In the second game, he has none, but Sigu has seven. So there's still somebody in the backcourt facilitating. And, you know, right, but it's and split, they, right? they were gunning for Sigu. Like, he had been the player of the week, the Big Sky player of the week going exactly. into that series. So DeCure and the Montana coaching staff were scheming for him to say, okay, like, this man can score. He's dangerous. We need to make sure that we do everything we can to keep him down. And, you know, in that first game, they didn't really. They had 19 points. And so, but the second game, he has 14. Didn't I don't think he took a shot until, like, late in the first half. Like, but he he draws that defense away from IB in such a way that, like, he can go off. And he does, it, he does a different thing, which is facilitating and getting the ball into other people's hands. I, I need to call out Dan for just a second for something he said a couple of minutes ago. He made a comparison to Kobe Bryant when the real comparison needs to be to the Weber State grad, Dame Lillard. Same same point, just different different player. Be true to your school, man. Come on. <laughs> Kobe oh, Bryant's one of, the, one of the greatest players of all time. I, I'm, sure Dame be, I'm sure Ivy does Lillard. not have a problem with me comparing him to Kobe Bryant. Let's let's get him back on the show. No, I'm just trying Go to keep ahead. you on topic. You're always saying talk Weber State, talk Weber State. Use the Weber State example. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Kobe, well, Kobe, guys, I wanna... Kobe wore purple. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I always wear purple. Oh, Kobe wore purple. Ah, yo, oh, my God. <laughs> Why would I compare? Well, you don't, you don't usually put the L in my name, you know, when you say it. So that's on you. That's true. <laughs> well, fellas, with that, we will wrap up this segment. Uh, like we said, this week, the Wildcats will be hosting the NAU Lumberjacks in Ogden. So there will be a couple opportunities. Tickets are on sale if you want to go to one of those games. So check out WeberStateSports.com for those. And if you want to check out the team in action, because like you said, we should be very competitive against uh, this, this Lumberjacks team. Hey, Wildcat fans. This episode of Weber State Weekly is sponsored by Wildcat Rack. If you're looking for one-of-a-kind, officially licensed Weber State apparel, Wildcat Rack is the place. All the designs and apparel are made right here in Weber County by people who know and love the purple and white. Check out the latest designs by going to their website, wildcatrack.com, and be sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram for new designs and sneak peeks as they become available. Now, back for more Weber State Weekly. So now we want to move to our final segment. Uh, we're going to play Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. I'm going to give you gentlemen an opportunity to ask Waldo's Magic 8-Ball a question, and uh, we're going to get the response. So uh, who would like to go first? Softball just got started. They went 2-3 and three over the weekend. They're four-time reigning conference champions. Are they going to repeat? as conference champions this season all right the question softball's had a lot of success over the years and we want to know if that success will continue uh i think we had there were some things to like over the weekend that uh we wanted to see some things maybe not to like you run up against a very tough oregon ducks team ranked 10 in the country dropped those games but uh overall i think especially as the weekend wore on we got to see some good stuff so with that, we are going to shake Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, and the answer is... I cannot predict now. I don't know what the... Waldo's Magic 8-Ball's a coward. <laughs> yeah, like... 
doesn't want to tell us. I mean, it, and we like we talked we talked with Coach Emmy Cohn on you know Thursday last week, and we published that over the weekend the preview for this softball team. There is a lot of young talent, especially in the outfield this year, and so uh, maybe there's more growth to be seen. But uh, I don't know. I know that our 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 shtick here is that we uh, ask about championships and finishes and all that. Um, I, I've got uh, a different type of question to ask the eight ball, dear Waldo's magic eight ball. I want to know, um, will Weber state have more than two of our potential, uh, seniors that get the free eligibility this year on the men's basketball team? Will we have more than two stay and take advantage of that free year? This is a great question. Kind of a loaded question because we got news last week that one of them would definitely be returning next season in Dante Bassett. So let's shake Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. Will we get more than two seniors returning to this Wildcat squad? The answer? Outlook good. So it sounds like we have something to look forward to next season with this talented group of guys who will continue to gel. Unlike AC, I paid my friendship dues to Waldo over the weekend. (laughs) I got to get caught up. Man. All right, producer Dan, what's your question for Waldo's Magic Eight Ball? All right. So we talked to Coach Larson today uh about volleyball squad. I want to make this a volleyball centric question. I'm looking at the next ten games, ten ten matches, and I'm wondering, Waldo's eight ball, will the Wildcats go seven of ten, at least seven of ten? All right. Uh, good question. That That's a cowardly question. You should be asking if he's going undefeated. Come on. Raise that up. No, Give him no, no, one no. loss. This one isn't loss. like, this isn't seven to 10. That's a tough, that's a tough schedule. Look at that. I mean, they got, they're Greeley, yeah. right? And then, I, I mean. We got to go to Flagstaff too. You, you're good. Yeah, exactly. So the question from producer Dan, will the Wildcats volleyball team go Get seven or ten. What, what, seven, seven of ten, bro. Seven, seven ten of ten. There you in, go. In the of next, the next ten, yeah. Seven of ten in the next stretch because there are some very tough teams on the schedule. Games in Greeley, games in Flagstaff, uh, but we do get Sacramento State at the Swenson Gym. So, shaking Waldo's Magic Eight Ball. The answer is signs point to yes. All right, Waldo's Magic Eight Ball high on this women's volleyball squad as go. are we here at Weaver as, State yeah. Weekly. It should be high you. on them. I guarantee good. you Jeremiah Larson likes that answer from Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. Yeah, and like AC said, they are good. So, AC, let's throw it back to you, man. What's your next question for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball? Okay, I've been thinking about this one for a long time, fellas. I think that our starting five on the basketball, the men's basketball team, I think that any one of them is worthy of making the All-Big Sky Conference team, but at the same time, I only think one of them is a lock. So Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, is Weber State going to get two or more guys onto the, all big sky, onto the Big Sky All-Conference first team? Okay, it's a good one because there's a, there's a lot of talent, especially in the backcourt across the conference right now. Uh, so the question to Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, will the Wildcats have two or more All-Big Sky members? Yeah, two or more. The, two or more members of the All-Big Sky team in men's basketball? The answer is you may rely on it. All right. Put your That's money what down, we like. Yeah, because uh, there are definitely some, uh, obviously, I think Isaiah Brown is a great player. You know, Sigu Sisohojawara has really come on lately. Dante Bassett has been quite a revelation of late. 
there's a lot to like here. So it's set in good- stone now, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make the Certainly. rules, man. Yeah. Hey, take it up All with right. Waldo. Yeah, I was just going to keep – I'm. you know what, Kobe? I'm going to keep mine volleyball-centric. We had the interview, like, like we said earlier. Um, Sean asked Coach Larson if he would be uh, willing to provide some kind of training course for fans or Sean right. specifically. So uh, will Sean get the invite from Coach Larson to <laughs> – uh, <laughs> I didn't think that was part of the show. That was during the, 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 the post game, right? I'll make it part of the show. <laughs> he's making it part of the show. Yeah, he's doing it. So the question from Dan Martinez, keeping it in the volleyball vein, will Sean Lewis get the invite from Coach Jeremiah Larson to come on out to camp and uh, get a deeper understanding of the X's nose of volleyball? Oh, man. <laughs> the answer is better not tell you now. I don't know if that invitation's coming, Sean Lewis. I don't know, man. <laughs> no, no. This is this is the thing. Is it's just like when you make a bet in Vegas, you can't influence the bet, right? <laughs> and and like the, the Super Bowl streaker did, didn't get paid out because he he influenced the outcome of that bet, right? So so this is a poor question because Jeremiah Larson can control the outcome of of the bet. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry Sean. <laughs> All those magic eight ball, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm not buying that one. So, Sean Lewis, uh, what about you? Uh, what's What's your next question for Waldo's magic eight ball? I I am and well, I, I I'm I'm going to switch gears to football. We got football coming up in in two weekends. Uh, we start on the road at the uh, dank potato cellar that is the Kibby Dome. Or no, pardon me, Kibby Dome's in Idaho. Uh, the dank the dank potato Kibbe cellar is Holt Arena. Pre- the Holt Arena. club guy's going to be so pissed that you said that. I know. That. I know. I know. I, I, my apologies to the tubs of the club, fellas. Um, I had Kibby on the brain. It's Holt Arena. I, I, it's, it's such a bad place that I don't even want to know the name of it. I, I, I couldn't even remember the name of it. It's not worth your time. It's not worth my time. Waldo's Magic 8 Ball. Does Weber State football get to rest their starters the entire fourth quarter of the game against Idaho State? That yeah, is hot. No, that is hot. Uh, leave no doubt on this one. Uh, the Wildcats, you know, going in strong to Pocatello on the 27th. So the question from Sean Lewis, will they be resting their starters in the fourth quarter? Because, well, folks, you know what that means. Waldo's Magic 8 ball, leaving no doubt, it is certain. <laughs> what the go Wildcats, team, fellas. Let's yeah, go. go Wildcats. So I actually have one. I want to wrap this segment up with my own personal question. Um, you know, the Lady Wildcats this weekend had a, a very strong comeback against the Montana Grizz in the second game on Saturday. Ended up losing by a point, which is disappointing for them. They were so close to getting that first conference win. And so my question to Waldo's Magic 8-Ball is, is there going to be another opportunity for the Lady Wildcats? Will they get one W this season? I sure hope so. Those players work hard. They deserve at least one. They, they've been working hard. They've been growing a lot. Uh, you know, like I said, losing by one, just so, so close this week. So, Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, the answer is... Oh, very doubtful. Ouch. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buck the trend here, and I don't believe Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. I think it's going to happen, so whatever. All right, fellas, uh, now we're going to move on. A good, good segment there with Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. Make sure to take it back up to him this week. Uh, now we're going to move on to upcoming events. There are a lot of them, as we talked about during the winter. Uh, this, the spring was going to be very, very busy, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. So this Thursday, February 18th, 
Women's tennis is going to be uh, playing at UNLV at 10 o'clock. And then later that day, women's basketball will be at NAU in Flagstaff, 6 p.m. on Pluto TV. Men's basketball will be here in Ogden against the Lumberjacks, 7 p.m. Pluto TV and 103.1 The Wave. Then following Friday, uh, women's tennis will be versing or will be playing UTEP, University of Texas El Paso, 10 a.m. They're playing down in Las Vegas for a tournament down there. And softball will get going for a similar tournament. They'll be playing against the the Utes at 10 a.m. that day and then later against UNLV at 4 p.m. So a lot going on. Then Saturday, so Super Saturday this weekend, we've got softball against California Baptist at 11. We've got women's soccer at Colorado. Uh, 12 p.m. They'll be playing in Boulder. And then women's basketball at NAU uh, in Flagstaff, 12 p.m. Pluto TV. And then men's basketball once again against the Lumberjacks in the Purple Palace, 12 p.m. Pluto TV, 103 won the wave. You can also get tickets to that game at WeaverStateSports.com. And like we've talked about with Coach Jeremiah Larson, we will be facing the Northern Colorado Bears. That match will be at 2 p.m. also on Pluto TV, so check that out. And don't forget to check them out Later on Sunday, February 21st, they'll be playing again volleyball at Northern Colorado, 2 p.m. Pluto TV. So with that, fellas, we're going to wrap up like we usually do and encourage everybody, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe uh, the show. Uh, Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, all good places to get this content straight into your ears. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we're also on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter, the best place to get in contact with the Weber State Weekly team, especially on game day. And we've got a great, great blog. Uh, I, from what I hear, there's some rumblings of some good content coming up there this week. So check us out at WeberStateWeekly.com. Check out our blog. A uh, lot of good stuff there to, to keep you in the loop as we go through the week and get ready for these big sports weekends up on campus and beyond. And confirm so the fellas, rumblings. Can confirm. Can, AC's got something planned for you, folks. So look forward to that and keep your eyes and ears peeled to your social media feeds because this content will be there so we'll wrap this up fellas like we do each week and we'll just say weaver state weaver state great 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 (laughs) i i I was gonna say great sorry shit can we do that again no no leave it in (laughs)